Are you baffled by the book of Revelation? Does it frighten you? Do you wonder why in the world God included such a book in the Bible? Do you believe that no one can understand it? Well, stay tuned for an interview with a person who can help you understand it and explain why it is important to understand it. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have as our very special guest today one of the trustees of this ministry, Michael Norton. Hey, Michael, so good to have you back on, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, so good. Well, your background is business, so just before we jump into the book of Revelation, tell us why you're qualified to teach us the book of Revelation. (laughs) Well, ever since I graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary back in 1974, I've been teaching the the Bible in various churches and and various venues, and uh, I, I uh, concentrate on prophecy. I love teaching on prophecy. And I, I wrote a book called Unlocking the Secrets of the Feast. Very good book. And I was astounded at how uh, the feast verify everything we've learned about prophecy, about his first coming, the Christ's first coming and his second coming. So you're a seminary student, you've written a book, and you've been teaching since the 70s. I think that more than qualifies you to teach the book of Revelation. (laughs) I think so too. Uh, Well, uh, Mike, let me ask you a question here. Uh, I want to jump quickly into the book of Revelation, taking full advantage of our time. And uh, there is no doubt that it's the least read book in the New Testament. Oh, yes. And why do you think that is? I believe it's a number of reasons. Uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, uh, because the pastors and Sunday school teachers typically don't teach it. Uh, it they may be intimidated by it, or or the, uh, uh, the the visions and the symbols that might f- frighten them a little bit, maybe. But uh, people that are reading the scriptures, a lot of times they will read the Bible for devotional purposes. And so they'll gravitate to the Psalms or the Gospels or the Epistles. And when it comes to Revelation, it's overwhelming with the, all these horrendous judgments and then finding that uh, humanity is being held accountable. And of course, Satan doesn't want us to know that judgment is coming. So I believe those are the reasons that are, may not be, be read. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right on target with that. We have so many pastors who have even been to seminary, and the seminary just does not teach. Right. Even when they get into books like Isaiah, they don't get into the, the, the prophetic aspects of it. And so, I often have preachers just tell me, well, you know, I'm just pad millennial. I believe it all pan out in the end, and I have to bite my tongue because what I want to say is what you're admitting is you're lazy. You're not, you're not willing to get in here and really study it because there is a position here. It's not just it'll all work out in the end. Uh, but uh, I think a lot of people are scared of Revelation. They, they say, well, it's just full of bad news. But it only has good news for believers. What a shame, too, because the book of Revelation has a bona fide promise by God that you will be blessed if you read it, right? Revelation 1 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So, Mike, what do you think of the, with Evans approaching Revelation, what is the key to understanding it? 
One of the things that we must remember is Revelation is revealing the person of Christ and His power and His plan. Okay. And we shouldn't study it uh, with uh, an idea of allegorizing it. No, we absolutely. must take it for its natural meaning of the words. In fact, uh, Sir Isaac Newton loved to teach prophecy, and he uh, got a lot of uh, criticism because, give you an example, when he was teaching Isaiah 11, verse 14, where it says that the, when the Jews come back to their homeland, they'll be uh, flying over and swoop down onto the shoulder of the Philistines. They said, and he would teach it literally. And they said, Jews can't fly. <laughs> well, they will learn how to fly because it says they're going to fly. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, if you look at an, an ancient uh, map of Philistia, right, it looks like a shoulder. And right there at the top of the shoulder is Ben Gurion Airport. It was wow. literally fulfilled. They swooped down onto the shoulder of the Philistines. I love the golden rule of interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, look for no other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. And I, that is the key that Dr. Reagan has taught me since coming to Lamb and Lion Ministries, is that's how you interpret not only the book of Revelation, but the Bible. Do you use that in your interpretation? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And uh, <clears throat> because it, it's, it makes clear, because this is a revelation not like a secret. An unveiling. Yeah, that's an unveiling. unveiling. That's the whole thing, yes. Yeah. So why, God why wants would us to understand it. Oh, yeah. People think you have to have a, a PhD in hermeneutics, whatever that is, <laughs> in order to understand the, uh, uh, the book of Revelation. Well, the first well, coming prophecies meant what they said. Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't the second coming mean what they said? Exactly. And one of the things that helped me uh, is, is uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. When God gave John the outline, he said, uh, write thou the things that you've seen. Well, we know that was the revealing of the of the glory of Jesus chapter in, one, in chapter, chapter one. one. And then write the things that are, well we know that's the churches and, and those seven letters of the seven churches in chapter two and three. Yeah. And then write the things which will happen after these things. From four to twenty-two that's all about the tribulation, the, the millennial kingdom and eternity. Well I'm glad you mentioned that because that is one of the keys to understanding the book. Yes, it has an index right there. Yeah. You know um, uh, Henry Morris uh, who was best known for his teaching in creationism, he wrote a commentary on the book of Revelation. And in the very beginning he said, the reason I'm writing this book is because people tell me that the book of Revelation is hard to understand. He said, it's not hard to understand, it's hard to believe. He said, if you'll believe it, you'll understand it. You know, you take for example Revelation chapter 4, I believe it is, uh, or 5, no, 7, chapter 7. Uh, he starts off by talking about 144,000 Jews who are going to be sealed by God as servants uh, during the tribulation. And 85% of the commentaries today say that's the church. Mm. But that's because of replacement theology. Mm -hmm. How can it be the Jews when God has replaced the Jews and has no purpose left for the Jews? So we allegorize it and say it's the church. And they mention all the different I 12 know. tribes. They about tribes yeah, and everything tribes. else. I don't know what God would have to do to convince us He's talking about 144,000 <laughs> Jews. Well, what do you do about the symbols? Because clearly there are definite symbols. There's the red dragon and the woman and the child. How do you interpret the symbols in Revelation? Well, one of the things that's helpful to me is if you just read a little further, it will interpret the symbols for you. Revelation <laughs> tells you what the symbols mean. Yeah. Or like with the woman, for instance, you have to go back to the Old Testament, right. to the story of Joseph to understand the vision that was being And that's saved. why we need to really understand the Old Testament to really hey, understand the That's news. another key yeah. to understanding Revelation. Right. And I tell Jews, uh, I tell them, I say, you know, 
the New Testament is a Jewish book, but God has been so kind to us Gentiles to allow us to read it. <laughs> there you go. Well, people don't understand how important it is to know the Old Testament in order to understand the book of Revelation. Uh, there's over 300 references in the book of Revelation to the Old Testament. Not a single one is identified. Not a one. For example, in Revelation chapter 1, the theme of the whole book is given in uh, verse um, uh, 7. Behold, He, speaking of Jesus, is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him, even so, Amen. That's a direct quotation of two Old Testament uh, prophecies, but it doesn't identify. Not one prophecy is identified, like in Matthew, where Matthew says, as it said in so-and-so, as it said in so-and-so, as it said in so-and-so. Not here. But but there's, there's hundreds of prophecies from the Old Testament there. And you can't understand the book of Revelation unless you know the Old Testament. I was uh, having lunch with a, um, an Orthodox Jewish gentleman, and I was trying to t- let him know about Yeshua and, and, and all. And he said, uh, well, uh, and I said, Zechariah talks a lot about him. And he says, well, I'll read it myself and I'll determine, and, and, but, but I'm going to have to read it in the, in the uh, Hebrew. I said, okay. And I pulled out my Hebrew Bible and gave it to him. And he goes, <laughs> You Gentile, you have a Hebrew Bible. <laughs> and so he started reading it while we were having lunch, and he pointed out every verse that pointed to Jesus. Wow. Especially Isaiah 53. How what do you think that? about these seven letters? You talked about in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, there's seven letters given to seven churches. Are they literal interpretations? Are they symbolic of something? Do they have multiple meanings? How do you interpret and those? Do they seven? have any relevance to us today? Yeah. Definitely have relevance because. All the the challenges that those churches had, um, they you know the uh, leaving their first love and and uh, uh, having false prophets, I mean false teachers, and and the persecutions they were experiencing, they're having those today, and pastors who have had the uh, the courage to teach on Revelation have put together incredible messages from those yes. letters. Applying them to today. Applying today. And well, like Ephesus, yeah, awesome. right? That was the first. That was the legalistic church. Smyrna, the persecuted church. Pergamum, the liberal church. Thyatira, the pagan church. Sardis, the dead church. Philadelphia, the alive church. And Laodicea, the apathetic church. Each one of those, like you said, had a problem. And then Jesus said, how you can fix that, and I will bless you if you overcome that problem. You can find totally every, applicable to yeah, today. Yeah, you can find every, every, uh, uh, an example of each one of those churches today. Excellent. And some have a mix. Now, do you think that they also represent time periods within the church history? Well, you know, a lot of people um, do not like or uh, they, they discount the idea of the church ages okay. because they say that's a prophetical view. <clears throat> I think it more a typological view would be more accurate because uh, the first century couldn't have read those letters and knew what was going on with the uh, church ages. But if but you can look back and you can see uh, how they do show the church ages, even from the names of the meanings of the church, uh, the, the names of those churches. And uh, Dr. Uh, Pentecost was the first one to uh, relay that to me. Uh, he's the one that wrote Things to Come. Very quickly, we, we don't have much time left sure. in this segment. Uh, there are many people who say that the three sets of judgments in the book of Revelation are circular. They're, they're describing the same thing over and over. 
Those are so different. They are consecutive. They number them. And you take the seal judgments. Uh, the, the seventh seal, the silence in heaven, there's, oh my goodness, you're showing they're going to be more intense. Those, those, that seventh seal becomes the seven trumpets. And then you see they're different and they're more intense. And then you come to the seventh trumpet Absolutely. And they unfold as the seven bowl judgment and rapid succession, plus, like a grand plus you finale. Have one of a fourth killed in the in the seals. Yes. You have another third killed in the how can that be the same thing? I know. You add them up and it comes out to be half of the, the population. Plus the trumpet judgments release demonic hordes and you don't see those in the other series. And and in the bowl judgments they're so rapid succession, it's like a grand finale of a fireworks show. It's just one on and up it's just incredible. It's totally different. Well, folks, we're going to uh, pause here for a moment. When we come back, we're going to throw some more questions at Mike about the book of Revelation. Greetings in the name of Jesus. The staff at Lamb and Lion Ministries is very blessed and encouraged by the faithful support of all our prophecy partners who generously donate to this ministry every month. Your donations allow us to proclaim the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, and through our magazine, website, conferences, and the many ministries we support, both domestic and international. If you are not partnering with us and would like to, we invite you to do so for a donation of just $25 a month or a one-time donation of $300 a year. As a Prophecy Partner, you will receive six issues of our exciting magazine, The Lamplighter, and six other, including either publications or videos. One of those gifts will be our annual Holy Land Calendar. Please partner with us to share the good news of Jesus' return. Call the number on your screen or go onto our website and become a Prophecy Partner today. I'm Todd Hutchinson with Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Michael Norton, who is a businessman, Bible teacher, and trustee of this ministry. He teaches the book of Revelation frequently, and that's why we are discussing that with him today. Michael, you mentioned the tribulation. Can you tell us what it is as Revelation describes and what its purpose is? Well, we know that the seven-year tribulation is the 70th week of in Daniel that we read about in Daniel 9. Meaning? It, uh, it's, it, that's the countdown of you know, the 70 weeks of Daniel. It's, of course, that's another uh, subject altogether. Daniel prophesied 483 yes. years till the Messiah came, right. which was accurate. 490, but there's, yeah. 490, but right. then there's the seven that have yet to happen. Right, there was a gap, and, and because after, after the... Uh, uh, Christ was, was crucified, then, then the temple was destroyed. God called a timeout. Yeah, the church yes. age, right? <laughs> it's a timeout. And, and, and we're waiting. Well, what happened to this, uh, the uh, 70th week? And in my, in, I use a lot of multimedia and teach, in my teaching, and I have different people asking, what happened to the 70th week? What happened to the 70th week? And I even have uh, uh, a, a homeless gentleman holding up a, a cardboard that says, any, any information on the 70th week would be helpful. God bless. <laughs> so that's a seven-year time period that you say is the tribulation? Is it, yes, that's the tribulation. Now, <clears throat> the tribulation, uh, we'll remember in, in Revelation 5, uh, the, the scroll, the seventh seal uh, scroll, we know because of history and, and of culture, that is a, a, a land deed for inheritance. 
Okay. And so uh, what we lost in the garden for the first Adam, we gained back in the, through the second Adam, Jesus. Now, when you have land, when you inherit land, what's the first thing you do? You clean out the underbrush, you throw out the trash and, and, and get the garbage out of there, uh, make it really nice and, and habitable and make it beautiful. Well, that's what Christ is, is doing in the tribulation. He's cleaning out the wickedness and punishing the wickedness and he's bringing one last call of salvation uh, to those in the tribulation to bring them to a, to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Jeremiah 37 calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. You yes. also hear the day of the Lord or the last days or the end times. That's all the tribulation. And, yes, and that's why uh, he calls it the day of trouble because he's getting the Jews that are back in the land ready to receive their Messiah, as Zechariah 12 says, they'll look up and see Him whom they have pierced, and all of Israel will be saved. Amen. Now, there are many purposes of the tribulation, many, but the many fundamental purposes. purpose is to fulfill all the prophecies that were made in Daniel chapter 9, yes. and verse 24, where he says six things he's going to accomplish among the Jewish people, and right. he's going to wrap them up during that time. It's a wrap so, up. all those are many purposes, like pouring out wrath upon rebellious Gentile nations. One of those purposes is to bring a Jewish remnant to salvation. Definitely. They're going to bring them to the end of themselves. Mm -hmm. And as you said, they're going to turn to the Lord and repent. And they're going to cry out, Baruch HaBashim Adonai, blessed is He comes in the name of the Lord. In fact, Jesus said, I will not come back until the Jews say that. So, that's when He's going to return. Awesome. Well, Michael, the second purpose that I believe, like you said, Jesus is cleaning up and He's preparing for something. And that is, you referred to it earlier, the Millennial Kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Do you believe it's a literal thousand years, or is that just figurative? It's definitely a thousand years because in Revelation 20, it mentions six times that it's a thousand six years. Six times. How many times would God have to mention that? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And, and the thing is, uh, all of the numbers that are listed in Revelation are exact numbers. They are not figurative. And so, uh, it's, been, it's been promised to David in, in uh, 2 Samuel 7 that the Messiah would reign physically on His throne. Now, this is not a new revelation. All through the Old Testament we're talking no. about uh, the reign of Jesus. In fact, the book of Isaiah is all about the reign of Jesus. The book of Revelation is primarily about the tribulation. But what do you say, Michael, to the fact that the vast majority of all professing Christians on planet Earth today do not believe that Jesus is coming back to reign on this Earth? The Catholic Church says no. Most of your Protestant denominations say no. They say Jesus is reigning right now, that we are in the millennium now and have been in it since the cross. What do you say about that? That is ridiculous <laughs> because uh, one, of the, one of the characteristics of, of the uh, millennium is that, uh, of course, it's in the future. It's been, pro it's been promised to uh, in the Abrahamic covenant with Abraham, and it's been with Mo uh, promised to Moses, it's been promised to David, and even Mary uh, the mother of Jesus was promised uh, that uh, kingdom, and they're always looking for the kingdom. And uh, one of the characteristics of the kingdom is Satan will be bound for a thousand years, and Satan's not bound now. Oh, but all millennials say he is. They say he was bound at the cross, and that uh, because of that, uh, he is not as active as they say it's relative. He's not as active not as, as he as could active. otherwise be because he is restrained by the Holy Spirit, but He, he is restrained, they sort of. Well, wow. I certainly, uh, I would have heard, 
I'd hate to see wickedness any worse Isn't than that it is truth? today. He's always gnawing on my head, uh, leg, I'm <laughs> telling for sure. Well, Satan's bound for a thousand years, but one of the references, the, the six ones that you mentioned, Revelation 20, is that he gets to the end and says, at the end of those thousand years, he's released for a while. Why would God release Satan? That is a really great question, and, that, and a lot of churches ask me that question. Okay. And the reason for that is he is exposing uh, the heart of man. The thing that's about the millennium, the, the, the kingdom that is quite fascinating, it, we have a perfect environment, perfect government, perfect leader. And even with that, at the end, when Satan comes to deceive them at the end, uh, many uh, people will decide to rebel against God. And that shows us that it's the issue is not the environment. That's right. It's the heart of man. Yeah, it's a complete repudiation of humanism, which believes in the goodness of man. That's right. Now, that's, a, that's an important point. Uh, I want to go back, though, to amillennialism for a moment, because, uh, again, this is the majority viewpoint by far in the church today. And I think we need to really take a look at it here. Uh, you know, Arnold Fruchtenbaum, who is a Messianic Jewish mm -hmm. uh, scholar, he always says, if we're living in the millennium now, I'm living in the ghetto part of it. <laughs> it says the world's going to be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice. And they say, well, uh, the gospel is doing that. But you look at the world, and the world is in absolute rebellion against God. Uh, you have to spiritualize everything in the book of Revelation to take the position that we're in the, um, in the millennium now. And the thing that amazes me is, is why would they, would they uh, not look forward to this great news? This is our great hope that's been promised to all the prophets. Um, and it's been promised to the Jewish people too. Yes. And, and see, one of the things that we must remember is during the Reformation, they were trying to hammer out salvation and the meaning of salvation and the truth of salvation and the gospel. And they did a great job with that. They were not concerned as prophet as, at prophecy as much as it is today. But, but now prophecy, we know we're in the end times, and, and it's, it's very, very important. Well, you know, uh, it's the very last words Jesus spoke to His disciples had to do with the millennium. Mm -hmm. They said, when are, we, when are we going to have the kingdom? When, when are you going to establish? And He said, it's not for you to know. He didn't say, oh, come on, fellas. When are you going to get the point? There is not going to be any kingdom. I'm not going to come back and reign. Come on, fellas. Why come back if he ain't going to reign? Yes. And then you see the resurrection of post-millennialism, this idea that the church will conquer the world and then hand the keys to the kingdom to Jesus, which where does that come from? Well, that was, that was the view of the church at the beginning of the 20th century. And then World War I and World War II and all just completely destroyed post-millennialism, and now it's come back. It's so sad. It's Because it's based upon a belief in the increasing goodness of mankind. He's going to become better and better and better until finally He establishes the kingdom. And then Jesus will come later on. But Revelation shatters that view, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you see how bad each of, how mankind, how they're shaking their fist at God and crying out for the wrath of the Lamb to go away, or God would judge them yeah. and they turn to them. Well, when it gets to the end, mm -hmm. we get to Revelation chapters 21 and 22, and that's the eternal state. Yeah, what does it say about eternity? Oh, it, it, that, that is so incredible. It, it explains that uh, all the, the, you know, no more Satan, no more death, Hallelujah. no more uh, pain. 
no more suffering. All that old will be gone and we'll have a new heaven and a new earth and, and the new Jerusalem will be coming uh, a, a land on the earth and have a footprint about the size of half of the United States. It'll be incredible and it'll be so uh, beautiful. Uh, the Jews here recently have been shocked because they've been starting to read the prophets now and they had noticed that not all of the, uh, in, in Hebrew, the uh, Jerusalem being, being spelled out in the plural form. They noticed that even in Jeremiah, he'll have it sometimes listed in the, in the dual form uh, because the plural means the majesty of, 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 of Jerusalem and all, but the dual is more specific. And so I checked with my contacts in Israel, find out what, what is their uh, take on it. And they said the rabbis have decided that there's two Jerusalems, one on earth and one in heaven. That one in heaven is going to be the one that is going to come down and, and God will, will uh, uh, be with his, dwell with His people forever. Do you have a favorite verse in the book of Revelation? Oh, well, he mentioned uh, first, uh, I mean, Revelation 1, 3, 3 yes. because of the blessing. And, oh, yeah. and, and I knew, I understood the, the reading and, and, and the listening, and I understood that, but heeding, how do you heed prophecy? I had to check with uh, Peter, and he uh, gave some clue on that. <laughs> okay. In, in chapter uh, uh, 3 of his second letter, he said, nor to heed prophecy, that's what you do. Be sure to walk in holiness Amen. and keep watching Amen. and Amen. understand the end times and continue to grow in the knowledge and yep. the grace of Jesus Christ. That's how you heed One of my prophecy. favorite verses in Revelation is 19 verse 10, which says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yes. He's the focus mm -hmm. of the book of Revelation. We have very little time left. I have to ask you one last question. Do you believe we're living in the season of the Lord's return? Definitely. In fact, um, uh, the, you, you all have done a great job in explaining uh, the convergence. All the signs uh, are happening at the together. same time, all coming together. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview of Michael Norton, one of this ministry's trustees. Michael, it's been great hearing you teach on Revelation. If someone wants to bring you into their church or Bible study, how would they get in touch with you? Well, the best way would be with my email address, mnorton at icloud.com. Okay, thank you very much. Glad to have you with us. Well, folks, that's our program for today. I hope our program has been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. If you would like to learn more about the book of Revelation, please consider Dr. Reagan's comprehensive survey entitled Wrath and Glory. In this easy to read book, Dr. Reagan takes you through the book of Revelation one chapter at a time and clearly explains the meaning of each chapter, relying on a literal plain sense interpretation. The book also contains Dr. Reagan's responses to the most commonly asked questions about Revelation and concludes with lessons drawn from the book of Revelation that we can apply to our lives as we try to live for Christ in the end times. You can secure a copy of this book for a gift of $20 or more more, and that includes the cost of shipping. Revelation Revealed is a 75-minute DVD presentation of a fascinating and informative survey of the book of Revelation. Dr. Reagan's masterful teaching and the art of Pat Marvenko Smith brings this video to life. 
Revelation Revealed is available for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. When you place your order today, you may obtain both of these helpful resources for a gift of $30 or more, including shipping. Ask for offer number 703. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or place your order on our website at lamblion.com. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.